listening to the podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello and welcome to the podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood. I am joined today by my friend, Rob Greenlee. Rob has been in the podcast industry for so long, probably one of the original podcasters. He is in the Podcast Hall of Fame. He is the founder of Spoken Life. And he also is working with StreamYard. He's working with No Mono. Um, really, Rob, you're just doing so much in the podcast space right now. I know you've got a lot of live shows and your own podcast. Right. So welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Heather. It's always great to be on your show. I think I've been on before in the past, and we've always had really interesting conversations about the podcasting medium, especially on the monetization side. Yeah, absolutely. And so you and I met the other day and we started talking about YouTube. And after our conversation, I was like, I just have to have Rob on the show to talk about YouTube because I feel like it is complicated. And as many things in the podcast space can be sometimes complicated. And when I spoke to you, I felt like I really had a clearer vision of what was happening with YouTube in relation to podcasting. Um, and so I, I really kind of want to unpack that because there's there's just so much around that particular topic. And YouTube really is having a dramatic impact on podcasting. Before we go down that path, though, can you tell me, in your opinion, what is the definition of a podcast? You would ask that question. That's the that's the question of the year, I think. And it's quite frankly, it's been a question of the medium uh, really since day one. Uh, let me start out by saying that when when I started getting involved in podcasting back in 2004, when the, the name was given to podcasting, and this isn't very well known in the podcasting space, uh, most of the podcasters that started this medium and were creating content did not like the name podcast. So let, let me just, and there's been various times in the past when there has been extensive discussion about podcasting is going to die or it's, it's gonna, you know, it's going to run its course. It's going to run out of steam. There, there's been lots of speculation about maybe we should have named this netcast or we should have named it something else because people were fearful that that name uh, was going to be attached to a consumption platform that would eventually go away, you know, from a forward-looking perspective. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, uh, they were correct. Mm -hmm. um, the iPod, which was the, the foundation of the name of this uh, medium, podcasting, um, went away. I think the last iPod got shut down just, what, a year ago now, I think? That okay. Apple stopped making it. Um, okay. And one of the things that the early podcasters were concerned about was that th that name would lose its relevancy and meaning to anyone because the iPod was going to disappear. And I think that others thought that there was probably a better name that could be given to this medium uh, back in the early days. Uh, the problem is that nobody could come up with a better name. And that name had been mentioned in a in a Guardian article. Actually, I talked to the author of that Guardian article because he had written a book um, about RSS. Um, I had him on my radio show and like three weeks before he wrote the Guardian article and um, 
and just happened to casually in a list of like three alternative words, the word podcasting. Um, and that became how this medium got named was based on that article. Even though you speak to Dave Weiner or Adam Curry, they will dispute that. They will say that the name came from someone else and they had come up with it earlier and whatever. But the first really public mention was in the Guardian article um, that that came out. This was in, uh, I think it was uh, late 2003 is when that article was written. So it okay. was almost probably six months, eight months before the medium really started um, and people really started creating content and all this kind of stuff. Cause what he was talking to me that that writer of the article was talking to me because he was a guest on my radio show was how radio shows were increasingly making their shows available online as mm -hmm. an MP3 download, which I was doing. I was creating a link on my website to a download version of my radio show. And so that was before podcasting. Uh, I was even before I had an RSS feed with an enclosure. So, so that's kind of the, the real story behind that. And that's, it's been out there. I think that that real story is, is somewhat known, but I'm not sure that many people knew that in the early days of this medium, people did not like the name podcast. Um, they were searching for other things to call it. Even Leo Laporte, which is, he was a very early podcaster. Mm -hmm. He actually, if you go back and look at his early network and his early shows, he used the term netcast for his show for many, many years. It's only been the last couple of years uh, that he has changed his intros on his, all of his shows to using the word podcast. Oh, for, interesting. For many years he used the word that. netcast. So that's, that's a little bit of background story to, yeah. to, to the whole name. So what podcasting means today, let's fast forward 20 years. <laughs> and, and I think um, the medium has changed because of the convenience factor of mm -hmm. consumption of this medium. And it's showing up in other types of platforms, the content, you know, uh, YouTube had a, had a big presence starting in about 2007, eight, nine. Um, but even prior to YouTube, video was a huge part of podcasting uh, in the early days of this medium. And that will come as a surprise to many. Um, mm -hmm. There were entire media companies that were created back in, let's say, the 2007, 8, 9 timeframe that built their entire media brands around video podcasting. And that yeah. is creating a video file and distributing it just like you would the MP3 file. Mm -hmm. Right. The same methodology. Uh, you attach an MP4 file to your RSS feed. And guess what? You submitted it to Apple and Apple still supports video podcasts today. So there were entire media companies uh, like um, How Stuff Works was one uh -huh. of them. Um, uh, Revision 3 was another one. Um, all these companies sold to big media companies um, like uh, How Stuff Works sold to iHeart and uh, Revision 3 was sold to Discovery Channel. Um, so that was birthed out of video podcasting. And then when YouTube launched, um, a lot of content creators, because of the cost of hosting video, migrated their content over to um, YouTube. They mm -hmm. stopped their video podcasting feeds. Um, even when I was working back at Microsoft, I built a the Zoom video podcast experience in Windows Media Center back when I was working for that company back in like 2010 timeframe. And so, so just to set this up, Video podcasting was about 30, probably 30%, 40% of podcasting 
up until YouTube. Uh, and YouTube basically took all that content because it was free hosting mm -hmm. and they were building a community over there that people wanted to reach. And mm -hmm. so we saw all that content move over there and then they started to develop their own content creators, right? Right. Over there. And increasingly over the years, we've seen um, more and more people think about YouTube and YouTube has kind of like thought about, you know, well, there's people posting podcasts over here. So for many years, even back when I was working for Podcast One down in Los Angeles, this was back in 2014, I actually I spoke to a small team at YouTube um, that was focused on trying to attract podcasters to YouTube. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any kind of formal kind of external effort on that part. Um, they just wanted the content. That's all that they wanted on the platform. And so they had an initiative and they liked to work with podcasters and, and because it was a great source of content for them. And so fast forward again, uh, up to work where we are today, we're seeing increasing research coming out saying that increasing numbers of people are seeing what appear to be podcasts in YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, increasingly, the listening or viewing audience is seeing those as podcasts and they're calling them podcasts or they're mm -hmm. perceiving them as podcasts. But there's not really a lot of shows on YouTube. I think it's increasing now that mm -hmm. are really uh, an RSS-based distribution podcast that are on YouTube. I think there's a perception of it because it, if you're doing a show like we're doing here and it's available on YouTube, the viewer of YouTube might just automatically think, well, that's what a podcast looks like. That's what it sounds like. So it must be a podcast. But the definition of podcast is being stretched based on that perception. Um, and we're, we're now facing a reality where um, the convenience and the availability of video in this medium is um, causing the industry to have to look at this again and say, well, is it time for us to expand our view on what a podcast is? Does it make sense as an industry for us to view content that's available on YouTube or Rumble or Spotify video area um, as podcasts? I mean, look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan has a huge had, had a huge podcast. Many in the industry will say that Joe Rogan is no longer a podcaster because right. guess what? He doesn't distribute his show off of RSS anymore. Right. Just true. He doesn't. Right. It's just streaming on Spotify. Right. But yet he shows up in all the ranking lists of right. a podcast. Right. So, yeah. you know, so this definition that we've had for many years, the, a podcast is only media distributed via an RSS feed is being broken apart now and mm -hmm. being expanded. And a lot of folks in the industry don't like that. A lot of folks in the industry don't want to accept that. But at the end of the day, my mind is, is maybe a little bit more flexible on this and how I think about the evolution of this medium and what I've seen over the years, right? I don't see a big difference between video podcasting and what's happening over on YouTube. I just mm -hmm. don't see a big difference there. Mm -hmm. And I've been starting to embrace it myself personally. I started a show, um, you know, called uh, Trust Factor. And it's basically a show that I'm doing this, what I call a converged strategy, which is basically creating a show uh, for YouTube, but it's also made available as an audio podcast. Mm -hmm. And I don't see where there's a huge problem with doing that. And, and I do see a very, a large number of successful YouTube video creators 
that are taking their audio and increasingly putting them out as an audio podcast in an RSS feed, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That are finding success with that too. I I know many of them myself and um, some of them I watch on YouTube and and it's okay that I call them a podcast because they look sound and they're actually distributing on RSS as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so they are, I think, right. So as we look at what's happening with YouTube, YouTube has now added a section where you can convert a playlist to the title of a podcast and it will make that video series available in the YouTube music experience which is in, is expanding its reach globally right now. And there's increasing talk that YouTube will embrace the ingestion or the submission of RSS feeds into their platform, um, which you've been able to submit your audio show into YouTube for many years through the podcast hosting platforms via the, the YouTube API um, that would automatically publish it over there um, for many, many years. So. There's always been this tight integration mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with with YouTube with podcasting, and I I just think that it may be time for us to just accept the fact that, um, uh, especially when YouTube is intending to ingest RSS feeds, that now they're going to be a what's called a podcatcher, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. of sorts. So we will have to accept this right. at some point if we don't yet already. Right. Right. So. You unpacked, you know, just just a lot there. And I think it's I see podcast that the word podcast is becoming almost like Kleenex, right? Where, um, you know, and and maybe that's not a great analogy since Kleenex is obviously a brand. But, you know, it's it's taking this term and it's making it a very generic item. Right. And and I, I that's kind of what I see happening in podcasts. So when when you and I spoke the other day, I felt like I had such an aha moment around YouTube because part of the frustration that I've had in looking at YouTube is I'm not personally a YouTube watcher. Now, my 15 and 12 year olds, I cannot get them off of YouTube, right? Like that is where they live and that is where they want to stay. Um, And they also do like to listen to podcasts. um, So they Mm -hmm. listen to podcasts as well. But I don't personally spend a lot of time on YouTube. And you know, there, there's just been so much talk about YouTube. And I, I subscribe to YouTube Music thinking like, okay, I'm going to go to YouTube Music and then I'm going to find the podcast. I'm going to go onto YouTube and I'm going to search yeah. for podcasts and I'm going to find something. And like, it just, for me, I felt like there was a real disconnect. Um, as you mentioned, YouTube has ingested some RSS feeds. They're sampling the idea of ingesting them, right, right, testing them, but the idea that they're going to eventually ingest RSS feeds. And for me, that's very clear, right? Like the minute that YouTube starts ingesting RSS feeds, they're just going to pull all the RSS feeds off of Spotify and Apple and every other place, right? That's what all, like you said, the podcatchers do. They ingest all these RSS feeds and then everything is available. And as you mentioned, through your hosting platform, um, you you have been able to, but you will easily be able to say like, here's my podcast, you know, you know, go and take it and, uh, you know, we're all good, right? Uh, I think for me, the aha moment was this podcast, the podcast advertising playbook, when I go to YouTube music, it wasn't there. And mm-hmm. you said to me, well, you need to create a YouTube playlist and title it podcast. And mm-hmm. so I, I messaged my marketing person. I was like, hey, 
Like, this is what we need to do. And so her and I met on Monday and she's like, so I did that, but it was so easy. Like, did I miss a step? Like, what else do I have to do? And we went on YouTube Music and it's like, nope, it's there, right? So now if you go to YouTube Music and you search for the podcast advertising playbook, it is there as a podcast. Whereas before, even though we were posting these on YouTube, it wasn't coming up that way. So for me, that was an interesting aha moment that really, like, this is how how it's set up for the moment. Now, as you mentioned, it's probably not going to stay this way. And I would presume that YouTube is going to start ingesting RSS feeds. But there's also been quite a bit of pushback, as far as I understand, on YouTube's side that they have said, essentially, like, the RSS feed is too primitive for us. Like, we don't want to take that in. We like rather just kind of play our own game. How do you see it? Well, I think it's an interesting um, conundrum for the industry because there, there's other factors at play here. And that's the, um, the desire in the industry to have what's called pass-through, um, which plays into kind of more related to metrics and monetization um, concerns right. uh, around the programmatic advertising, dynamic advertising. Um, and it is my understanding that there is some talk that uh, YouTube is going to support pass through. So I'm not, I don't know if that's decided in stone yet. I, I haven't heard confirmation on that, but there is some concern that because what has been expressed to me in the past when I've talked to the YouTube team is that uh, they're video only and they will always host the media file. Mm -hmm. um, that's clear because they have. HLS streaming in their platform, they don't have this ability to play an MP3 file unless they intend on building that, uh, which I don't, I haven't had any confirmation about that. So, but they might, right? Mm -hmm. If they're going to have pass through, I don't see how that works with video if you're getting it from an audio file. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's going to have to be some give and take here. And I know I express concern to them too, that they need to think about the industry interest in pass through. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I also know that YouTube uh, wants to monetize the content that's in their platform. So sure. you have some natural tensions there that are, that are developing around what the interests of the content provider is mm -hmm. and the interest of YouTube. And this is why, you know, we've seen the direction that I believe the Spotify is heading down towards too, because I, I think it's difficult to talk about these issues without including Spotify, because mm -hmm. Spotify is heading towards a collision course with YouTube mm -hmm. um, in their strategy overall. Mm -hmm. You can kind of see it. It's been developing for a few years now. And if you go back to the early days of Spotify, Spotify wanted to host all the media files themselves. And the only reason that they don't today is because the hosting platforms pushed back and said, no, um, we're not going to give you the content if you're going to rehost it. Um, so we all signed contracts with them saying that we'll give you our content, but it has to be passed through. And yeah. Rob, just to, just to make sure that we're defining what pass through means. So essentially right. what pass through is, is I'm a podcaster. I host my podcast on a hosting platform like Megaphone or Libsyn or Blueberry or right. Simplecast, right? Um, so I'm hosting it. And right now as ad sellers at True Native Media, I sell a BetterHelp ad. And I insert that ad dynamically across the catalog of episodes for my podcaster. And it goes everywhere. 
and it goes everywhere, right? It doesn't matter if somebody listens to the podcast on Spotify or Apple or Overcast or on their website, right? Like they can be anywhere. They can listen anywhere and they're going to hear that BetterHelp ad. And so with pass-through, what we're talking about is we're saying, if YouTube is going to ingest these RSS feeds, then can that RSS feed be hosted on your hosting platform? And when I insert my BetterHelp ad, am I going to hear it if I listen through YouTube? And so, of course, YouTube is saying, hey, I want a piece of the pie, right? Because that's how YouTube has played. And obviously, we can see they've got their own dynamic insertion technology, right? When you watch YouTube, there's ads all over the place. So, So there's that piece. I've also heard, you know, talks about even embedded ad reads, right? There are rules that YouTube has in place for content creators about how many ads they can put into a a YouTube video that is just an embedded, you know, native ad read within their content. So when we talk about pass-through, that's the important piece. And as an industry, we want that pass-through because we want to support the infrastructure that has been created. Right. And, and it also, if it's not embraced, um, and let's say that platform like a YouTube captures a single version of a MP3 file, right. And mm-hmm. then duplicates it over on their, their platform because they want to stream it. Then guess what? Any ads that were included in that media file are permanent. They cannot be updated. They will be always in that program unless there's some AI algorithm that goes through and looks for that and strips it out of the media file mm-hmm. before it's rehosted. So mm-hmm. there, there is methodologies out there that would enable a YouTube-type platform or a Spotify-type platform to remove the ads. I know that t- technology exists in Lipson today mm-hmm. to replace at, you know. Okay basically replace the ads that are included in an MP3 file with mm-hmm. new ads. Mm-hmm. So, so that technology exists and it's being, it's being used on some platforms. It's not a common tool, but it, it does exist and it's possible. And that could be one solution here. Um, so, and that's the real danger is that if, if we're not smart about this, that um, synchronization of that media file into a, another platform that wants to rehost that content will, will forever have old ads in it. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's good for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good for YouTube and it's not good for the content creator. Yeah, for sure. Scenario. Right. So I had a really interesting conversation yesterday with one of our agency partners that is heavily buying in podcasts and also heavily buying in YouTube. And mm-hmm. it was, it was just a very timely conversation because I knew you and I would be talking but also very interesting to look at the way that they approach buying in these two kind of distinctly different, uh, you know, platforms and, and ways. So uh, it's, it's, it's been fascinating to me in the last couple of weeks. We have gotten a couple of inquiries at True Native where podcasters approach us and say, hey, can you sell ads on our podcast? And it's all on YouTube. They're not on any of the hosting platforms anywhere, right? Right. They just have a YouTube channel because they are sitting here like you and I are and they have podcasting mics, they are calling it a podcast, but it has Mm -hmm. no audio component. So I asked this agency buyer, I said, how do you define that, right? So 
are you defining that as a podcast when you're doing your ad buying? Is that how you're seeing it? And uh, what she communicated to me, which I thought was just really fascinating, um, is that they really do look at them as being different things because there's also the simulcast, right? So when we look at the podcast advertising playbook, you can get this, you know, on Spotify and Apple and all the players, right? Because we're being distributed through an RSS feed. We also, as I mentioned, have our YouTube channel. We put the the podcast up on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Now, thanks to you, you can go to our YouTube music and and listen to the podcast and see the video through that outlet. So um, if we were going to this particular agency and saying, hey, we want to, you know, sell you this show, what they would look at is they would essentially aggregate that audience. So they would say, let's look at the audience that you have on your, you know, RSS feed, and we're going to look at those numbers. And then let's look at your YouTube audience. And that's your total podcast audience. However, if somebody just has a YouTube channel and they don't have an audio component to it at all, they view that as a YouTube channel and they're going to buy it as a YouTube channel. They're not going to buy it as a podcast. And for me, I feel like ultimately we do have to look at the buyers in this space, right? Like mm -hmm. how are the ads being purchased? And, and that is an important reflection on what it is that we should be selling. And so there is that distinction between a YouTube content creator and a podcaster, at least in the minds of, of this one particular agency. But I think as we kind yeah. of, you know, un, unpack this and, and peel back the layers of this onion, there, there's a lot of complexity to it. Yeah, and I'd like to talk next about that topic is around metrics um, mm -hmm. and, and how that plays into that buyer's choices. Um, I would say that the metrics around counting um, plays or experiences on YouTube is different than counting plays and experiences on podcasts. So I think it does make sense for a buyer to think differently about the two, two mediums and, and try and have a better understanding. You know, there, there's also some advantages um, to the buyer around buying a YouTube experience because there's, there is deeper metrics there. Um, <laughs> but if you're just looking at the raw kind of like um, play data, right? It may not be at the same comparable level as to like the, the IEB podcast metric standard. Um, there, there may be a discrepancy there between the two around mm -hmm. how they're counted, mm -hmm. um, which somehow, you know, th there has to be some discounting or some equalization in the buy because let's say you're taking the podcast metrics from an audio distribution and then you're just adding the, the, the YouTube numbers, let's say just the, the raw views. Um, those raw views may not be counted in the same way. Um, so you may have a skewed outcome there. But you can, if you look in your dashboard on YouTube, you can see how far people on average listen to your or view your content. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So you have a level of information that may be um, a little deeper than um, generally you can get from a broad right. distribution strategy on right. podcasts too. Right. So there's advantages and disadvantages on both sides. But I think you really bring up such a good point. And in my early days of selling podcasting, one of the things that I would say, which I still, I still really stand behind. I don't think that YouTube shorts has helped this at all, 
-hmm. When people consume podcasts, on average, they listen to 80% of the podcast. And then if you say, okay, well, on average, most podcasts are 40 minutes long, then we're saying, hey, somebody's listening to somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes of your content. That's in podcasting. Now, if you right. stack that up to YouTube, YouTube doesn't pull the close. candle, right? It's right. like two minutes or a minute. You know, I right. should have looked that number up before we recorded this episode, but it's a very, very short period of time. Right. I think it is less than two minutes, right? Is the average. Yeah. So at, it's, right. it's like, okay, from an, from an advertiser perspective, I think we have to look at the quality of the audience. And for me, the value in podcasts has always been intentionality. You mm -hmm. do not stumble on a podcast. You are there because you want to be there and you are right. listening to it with all of your intention. Mm -hmm. I can promise you from watching my children consume YouTube, there is zero intentionality. I shouldn't yeah. say zero. Of course, they have their channels that they like, mm -hmm. but they also watch shorts a ton and mm -hmm. they just get served so much. And yeah. that viewer of that video is a different quality of audience member, especially when we're talking about host read endorsements. Because if you listen to this show and you like me and I tell you that I just made my first hungry root meal a couple weeks ago and it was super easy and super tasty, you care because you know who I am. If I've right. never seen you before and you just happen to show up in my YouTube feed and you say Hungry Root is great, I'm going to say, oh, okay, Hungry Root. But it isn't going to have the same kind of impact if somebody right. that you know, like, and trust recommends a product. So I, I do just from a very fundamental level see them as being different audiences. Now, as you said, YouTube has a lot of metrics that we don't have in podcasting. Right. YouTube also has a massive audience that we still don't have in podcasts and probably <laughs> will never have in podcasts. Right. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much give and take in it, but I do still see them as being distinctly different, especially from a consumption perspective. And I think... The you raise a really good point, Heather, right? is, and this is the message that I've tried to communicate about this debate as well, is it's okay for us to view this um, as a podcast, but I think as we communicate it to the podcasting, so there's different audiences involved here. There's the podcaster, there's the, the viewer of the content or the listener, and then there's the, the technical infrastructure of the distribution of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when we talk about these topics, I think we have to be specific on who we're talking to. Right. So, because I'm concerned about people getting confused and, and having really kind of a misunderstanding. So when we talk about podcasting, including YouTube, um, you know, YouTube is kind of clouding the, the waters a little bit by naming what they're doing a podcast. Their strategy you have to take into account is to capture more content, right? They're trying to get content creators um, to publish over to YouTube and to think of them as a podcast distribution platform for their own interests, right? They're growing their advertising revenue base. They're, you know, they're based on, on viewing time and how many people watch and all this stuff. Their metrics is driving their choices and they're, mm -hmm. they're kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of scraping the podcasting industry to get more content into their platform. 
And that's that's what every platform does. I mean, yeah. that's what Apple did. That's what yeah. Spotify Good on does. Them. That's business. Like, right. that's what that's they should what be they, doing. That, that's what they do. But that's, so when we talk to various constituents in this ecosystem, right? I think it's okay, like you just said, to say, well, the ad buyers think of what's in YouTube as not a podcast. So when they buy podcasting, they're buying a very specific kind of a metrics that's coming out of that, that is unique to that medium. And I think each one of these things is a different medium. And I think mm. you're, yes. I think we're, we're safe to say that. And then there's different constituencies that are related to that. So when we talk about it and I try and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I, I try and talk about it specific to who I'm talking about, but oftentimes people want to simplify these discussions and say, well, podcasting is now part of YouTube and we just have to accept that. Okay. And, and that's a blanket conversation that applies to everyone. I don't think it does. So I don't think it should, but that's not an intellectual way of looking at the market, right? It's not a advanced way of um, helping others understand what's going on here because it's a complex, the distribution issues in podcasting have only gotten more complex. And, and a couple of topics that we talked about before we started recording um, um, kind of expands on that. I think things are going to become even more complicated as we look to the future, but it doesn't take us down a path where we don't want to take advantage of opportunities that are out there to grow this medium right. into something bigger. But the only way to do that rationally is to be clear with people on what pieces of this pie exist and not thinking of it as one thing. Right, right. right. Because then that's going to take people down making bad choices. Right. I totally agree with you because right. as we just said, they are different. They are different elements. They're different mediums and you yep. you have to look at them differently. Now, of course, if YouTube decides to ingest RSS feed and people listen to a podcast choosing to listen through YouTube instead of through Apple and instead of through Spotify, which I, I have seen lots of reports saying that YouTube is where most people listen to podcasts more than any other. So, I mean, yeah, it's not a perception or is that a reality is the question. It depends on how you define what a podcast is, right? Whether right. It goes back to that. True. Exactly. That beginning right. question I had for you is what is a podcast, right? But I do see the point that if YouTube is going to actually really be providing real podcasts, then I don't, then there, then there will be that distinction between a YouTube podcast and a YouTube content creator, right? Because, because of the way that people consume the mediums and that's why they're different for me. So Rob, I know you and I could go on and on. Um, but this has been a terrific conversation, probably just a yeah. teaser for what is actually to come. And I'm sure there'll be more conversations to be had, but Thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, I just really appreciate your knowledge and um, all your dedication and everything that you've done for the industry. So thank you well, for thank being you. here today. Thank you. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to kind of clarify on these topics, because I think a lot of people are confused about what's happening and, and thinking that things are happening that may not be exactly the way they're being perceived today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? I can be found on X uh, at Rob Greenlee. I have my own website, robgreenlee.com. Uh, you can reach me on email as you want. Uh, if you would like to, uh, rob.greenlee at gmail.com is a great place to reach me. And and just do a search for me if you want to find some of the shows that I'm I'm doing on YouTube as well as in podcasting. Thank Terrific. You. Thanks so much, Rob.
Thank you for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Not joking when I say I probably could talk about this for a few hours. Meet me at the next podcast conference and we will. (laughs) Uh, But thanks for listening and uh, we will catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Podcast to Advertising Playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast to advertising industry. 